Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Seavers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad to be with you. It's good to be back with you, Pastor Corey, for our latest installment of the podcast. It's good to be you here, Feeling Tim. good about it? I mm. feel good. Yeah. I feel good. It's a good day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is. It is. That's, a, that's the title of a movie I just watched. We're not going to yeah. talk about that, though, in this podcast, are we? No, no. Oh. We're going to do that later. Uh, a, but... a movie about Mr. Rogers, A Beautiful yeah. Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, it though. Is. I did see some snow spitting yeah, out, but, but now it, there's blue skies. It's I'm blue skies, yeah. yeah. And it's the week of Thanksgiving, but uh, we're getting ready for Advent. Yeah. Advent. It's kind of funny to have Thanksgiving really just sandwiched right up against Advent. It is. It's really, so yeah. late this year. Because, because Sunday is December 1st yeah. and Thanksgiving is late. The 28th. And yeah. then so the four Sundays of Advent are just boom, right on our They're doorstep. Right there. But Thanksgiving's real close to it. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, so yeah, just uh, counting down the days to Advent. And just yeah. seems like there's more of them, but sometimes it feels that way, you know. So, so, so yeah, I was, uh, I think it was Sunday. You ever have that feeling like there's more of something and there's, there's not really as much as you think? Yeah. Like yeah. you're eating popcorn and milk and of course. you get to the bottom of the bowl and you could have sworn you had more, but you don't. Yeah, or you're taking a swig out of your oat milk bottle. Oat and, milk. Oh, oh, gosh. So Did you uh, see on the board someone is thankful, I know, for, thankful for, for not having oat not milk? Not having oat yeah. milk. Uh, on the I'll, Thanksgiving wall. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. Well, I was, I was, I've been thinking in these last, in this last week or so, as we, because our job, I mean, we're planning ahead, looking ahead, but also right. in the present, and so we're dealing with Thanksgiving, but also planning Advent, and so we're looking into the New I, Year, looking into yeah, all I that mean, stuff. We're is thinking going, about Lent already. going on Easter. for it's all going on for us, and I was just thinking of how appropriate thanksgiving is as an introduction into advent though that it's such a nice i really think it's a good transition to to that thanksgiving can really be a big part of our advent too Mm. our advent celebration is um you know what are we thankful for Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thankful that Jesus came, but Advent is about that, uh, that Jesus is coming again. Right. Right. And, and we have a lot to be thankful for there. Yeah. Um, and then those you, traditional Advent themes that we're going to be looking at, hope, peace, joy, and love, also... In that order. In that order. Yes. Hope, peace, peace joy, joy, and love. And love. Uh, this Sunday... This Sunday is hope. Yeah, and and we, we got can a be grateful Advent wreath set up, and there's going to be decorations and everything. I've heard whispers. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You do know, that it kind of happens. It's just magical, magical. elves. Magical. <laughs> yeah. There are magical elves named the Browns and the Whites. The Browns and the Whites. <laughs> These are real people, not brown elves and white no, elves. No, no, they're well, maybe. No, they're one of the elves is really tall. Uh, really tall. Yeah. Not very elvish. Yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, they come and take care of it, and. Um, but yeah, and I just was thinking about how I really do think that ending uh, November and Thanksgiving is just a great transition into Advent, and that it is. Um, I'm gonna try to keep Thanksgiving kind of a priority during this coming season of the church. Yeah, uh, it's just to keep being thankful. You've been uh, emphasizing, you know, just recognizing all your your blessings, or even starting with the simple blessings, and then that leads to more and you you brought that up in your good sermon on sunday of you know start with mashed potatoes and gravy and and just keep going and if you like mashed potatoes and gravy right and and it'll lead to more and more and you'll realize that you have a ton to be thankful for yeah it's just 
it's really hard to account for all our blessings. They just keep adding up. It's really easy you know, to they, think we don't have any, or to fall into the little right. pity party and be right. like, oh, right. you know, life the isn't scarcity going my mindset. way. The scarcity mindset. Right. All that really, stuff. And we're really God. Blessed. Yeah. I was just going to say, we are abundantly took blessed. the words out of my mouth. Wow. 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 Well, uh, and, and Advent is connected to that because what's greater than the abundant gift uh, given to us in Jesus Christ? Um, yeah. And. That, of course, is the first Advent, as you already mentioned, and the second Advent is uh, when Christ will return, and we we have these seasons every year, um, I guess you could say, reorienting our hearts or remembering mm, yeah. that we are to be people anticipating and expecting the return of Christ. Uh, he'll come like a thief in the night one day, he will make good on his promise to return, and in the meantime... We live as his people uh, in expectation of that return. Um, And part, so the church has emphasized different words or values during Lent, and hope, peace, joy, and love are four that are commonly. There's some differences, some debates amongst traditions, but that's for another show, an incredibly boring (laughs) show. Uh, Ours is just mediocrely boring. That's right. Right. Uh, So hope. Um, we need to be people who live in hope. Um, so I want to talk about today uh, how or about what hope is. Yeah. What is hope? And my sermon is going to be uh, how do we have basically what is hope in this world of death, which just sounds really mm. uplifting. Yeah. Um, I guess I was having a dark day when I made that title. My my sermon itself is much more encouraging than the title, but it comes from Psalm forty two and. Part of the reason I picked the title is the psalmist in Psalm 42 is just feeling some stuff, feeling yeah, awful. He is. Uh, he, he feels dry. He feels uh, made fun of. He feels separated or alienated from God. He, uh, he feels oppressed. Uh, and yet, he believes in God. He He's trusted his life to God. And because of that, we see him uh, a couple of times making statements uh, of of hope, um, he, he says, in the midst of saying that he has a downcast soul, and he says then hope in God, almost yeah. talking to himself, or yeah. or maybe it's the congregation talking to him too. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, uh, my salvation and my God. So in the midst of saying he's he's thirsting and longing for God, feels separated from God feels like he misses um, what used to be good in his life, he still has hope. Um, and his hope, whatever hope is, and we're going to talk about that, but it, it's definitely not based on his circumstances or his situation, right? Right, yeah. His situation was, seems terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, I don't. recently uh, Tracy and I were chatting. Uh, Tracy's my wife. Yeah. In case you're a first-time listener and you wow. haven't heard me reference Were you her. chatting over uh, coffee? I think we were not ice over cream. coffee or ice cream. We were driving somewhere. I just want to imagine. Yes, that would be chat. nice. Were you chatting we, in we the were car? Driving in your in van. In, car. in my in Your new van. My new old van, yes. Your new old van. Yeah. Your old, old van, you hit a deer with it. Yes. And then God blessed you with a new old a van. A new old van, <laughs> exactly. Yes. A newer, uh, a newer old man. Yeah, a newer old man. <laughs> um, she had, she had had a conversation with your wife Tina about this word hope, 
Mm. And and from my what I gather is that Tina had made a comment that uh, the the way we throw the word hope around in our culture um, has kind of uh, diminished mm-hmm. uh, the depth of what true hope is. Amen. And she she had challenged Tracy, uh, and maybe maybe it was her Bible study. I don't know because I, I don't I don't remember the context of the whole conversation where she got that from. But to come up with a new word for hope, uh, and so uh, I was trying to think for real hope, and I was trying to figure it all out. Well, what is you know what is another? Because we, we we to be clear, we like of, use so watered down our culture, but we use hope almost as a synonym like wrongly. wish, 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 yeah, or worry. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, like yeah. when I say, oh, oh I, I hope, hope the Mariners yeah. win. Yeah. What I really mean is I, I'm, I'm worried, worried that they're, they're going to lose yeah. or I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I wish. Yeah. I also could be thinking I wish they would, would win, win for yeah. once. So, yeah, but, I but, think but, there's, but, yeah, th- yeah, there's some confusion in the culture about what is hope. Uh-huh. And so we've watered it down. And um, we talked about this a little bit this morning at our Bible study. And the thing that I had come up with when I was talking with Tracy is I, I just thought a confident expectation, uh-huh. um, and I don't know if that's, that's I don't know if that's it. And it's two words; it's not one word. So I haven't cool. solved that problem. You're in good territory because um, that is, I mean, if you looked in a theological dictionary, that's I think confident expectation, or something like that would be right there next to the word hope. Um, uh, a sincere expectation that we have because of our faith. Um, not a a wish or just a high high thought like oh you know we it's not just some high ideal it's yeah. actual expectation so we we confidently expect Christ to return right we don't just have a high ideal or wish um, that he will because uh, we want it to be or whatever but right. we we fully expect. Um, Christ to return, and that's because we believe that he said he would return. And we have faith that what he says is true. And so because we have faith that what he says is true, we can have hope that he will return, um, that expectation. But when we say hope, like, is that, do we often think that? And that's, a, I, I think you're right to say we need to really measure what we think. When I say I'm hope really hopeful in my soul does that just mean optimistic for example yeah yeah. it means something more than optimistic right like i just have a shiny positive general outlook um it means i believe that the things god said are true and real Hmm. uh really are and and the hope part is that expectation word you said and and they will come to be fully they will fully come yeah And the, and that's the sense we get from the psalmist in his writing too is that there's this, despite, you know he. Clearly he's he's disappointed he's, upset maybe he's angry because of what's happened to him he's, his uh, enemies are making fun of him, but there's this kind of confident expectation that he's going to be restored to, community or communion with God at some point right, um, you know and. That's hard, though. You know, I, I shall again praise really, him. He really, yeah, he's like I, that rings with confidence. Um, but how often in our lives do we <laughs> do we really respond that way? We we let things, you know, the 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 wear and tear of life really get to us. Right. And if if our hope was truly in Jesus, 
um, I don't think we'd react to our worldly circumstances in quite the same way. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to beat up on anybody or anything because right. I do this too. Right. It's just that, um, but imagine what the world would be like if we had this confident expectation in God as our provider and our rescuer and our healer and our redeemer and all those things. And we have glimpses of that in our life. But uh, if we lived that way truly every day, it would be awesome. And, and I think it, it, it doesn't just come from willpower or no, wishing, no, no, it no. To be so, I think, wishing it to be so. I think if we go back to the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew chapter 7 at the end of it, Jesus really tells us it's it's about where our foundation truly is. Right, yeah. And if if we build ourselves upon the rock, meaning building our life upon God, if we put our trust or our faith in God, in His, in his existence, His salvation or, or restoration of us through His Son Jesus, in His Word, uh, in His promises, if we build our life on all that unshakable stuff, then the wind and the rain can come, and we can expect our house to stand. That doesn't mean that we're not going to die or we're not going to face tough circumstances. It means our soul will be safe with God. Uh, it means that um, any, uh, any tears we shed uh, for righteous reasons are accounted for by God. Uh, any injustices done to us are noticed by God. He's going he's gonna to make all things right in the end. And and so the wind's going to come and the rain's going to come, all that bad stuff. But uh, we have hope in the midst of the wind and the rain that our foundation is not going to be changed and our house is going to stand. And our soul is, you know, not going to be separated from God. Um, and so we will we will praise him. There, there can be, as Paul says in Romans 8, there can be nothing that separates us mm, from yeah, the love that. of Christ, yeah. right? So, yeah, so we, yeah, we will always have reason to praise him. I think the beautiful thing, and I don't know how much this is going to get in my sermon because I already wrote my sermon and then we had yeah. some really good conversation yeah. of Bible study. <laughs> but, you know, we have a group of singers, the Sons of Korah, who wrote this this psalm, Psalm 42. Read it for yourself, folks. Pause this if you haven't read it and then maybe go back and listen to the rest of this podcast after you've read it. We, we should have just read it at the beginning. But uh, and, and the Sons of Korah, they wrote uh, this deep individual type psalm where this individual is having a rough experience yet they wrote it to be sung as a song of worship by a group yeah and i think when we when we sing songs as a group we're also individuals in the midst of the group right so i was just thinking about like anytime we get together as a group of people here in palouse we don't know which individual is feeling like the psalmist Mm. expressed in psalm 42 you know feeling like abandonment or just that their soul is really dry but when they when they sing the promises or when other people around them are just singing and they don't even feel like singing they can say oh yes you know the truths about god have not changed this week Uh, god has not changed i've had some tough stuff happen but i'm hearing the truth of god and i will again praise him i may not feel like praising him today but i know it's the right thing Mm. you know what i mean yeah um so there's something deep there about that. Um, and there's something about... Um, sorry, I'm talking a lot, Tim. But, no, it's uh, all good. Uh, we talked about uh, commands, songs, and prayer. It says in verse 8 of Psalm 42, By day... Well, let me rewind. Let me rewind to verse 7. Because 
Verse 7 has got one of these awesome lyrics, if you want to call it that. Uh, deep calls to deep. Right? Verse 7. Right. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Just, you know, uh, that's some beautiful language there. We'll talk about that. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Um, here's this guy going through some stuff, but he still believes that that God is calling out to him. I, The way I read that, that a deep part of God is calling out to the deep part of us. Um, even as we feel covered and overwhelmed by the waves of stuff that God is allowing in our life. Uh, but there's this, at the same time as we feel overwhelmed, we recognize that that God is still speaking his words of steadfast love, the commands of steadfast love, verse 8, and that in the midst of the night, his song can be with us, and verse 8 also says we can still pray to the God of our life. Mm. Um, so as, as disconnected or, or overwhelmed as he feels, he feels connected by the teachings of God, the, the song of God that stays with him and praying to God, practicing our faith. Um, so if we, you know, there's faith, believing uh, in these unseen things and promises and trusting our life to God. Hope flows out of that faith, that confident expectation that the things we believe are true and, and will become things that we see one day. Uh, but in the meantime, people who live in hope need to practice their faith. We need to know God's commands. We need to, to have his song and his words in our heart, as you've emphasized with us. We need, to, we need to be in communication with God, like we talked about through the Lord's Prayer series. We need to be talking to him, listening to him, um, giving him time to speak into our life. Um, and even if our speaking is complaining and lamenting, mm -hmm. um, because that's what a lot of this psalm is, right? Yeah. Is lament. Um, yeah. What do you? What? Okay. I'll stop talking for. What do? You, what do you see in this <laughs> psalm? Uh, well, I I think for me that I was thinking back on on some of my own life as we read this this morning uh, at Bible study, and just that there have been hard places in my life where there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. And at the same time, which doesn't make any sense, there's also a lot of peace and a lot of purpose. Mm. Um, because in those, in those times, if you're... All I, all I could think of was, I'm just, you know, God's got this. You know, I'm trusting in Him. He's, he's always made a way before he's going to make a way again and so for me i was thinking about how this the writer of this must have a good sense of who god is and god's character and how he acts and that really seems to anchor yeah uh anchor him 
and give him a, a, f- a firm, uh, uh, could you say anchor again, I guess, a, a, a firm anchor for his hope because he... Firm he, foundation. Firm foundation. He <laughs> knows... He knows God is faithful, and he mm-hmm. knows God's going to take care of him, and he knows that one day he's not going to feel this way, and one day he's going to be able to praise the Lord. And and that's because he's trusting that God's going to work things out the way they need to. Um, and when you can do that in your life, that's awesome. Because um, I felt that, and I am and I don't mean that in a, in a braggy way or anything. It was like a fluke. Like when I you, don't think it's a flip. It's like I think it's when because God works when, His grace in His believers. Yeah, I think he, right. Well, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, you know, I think it happens. Well, we could say why is it so, why is this true for every believer? I mean, because this is who God is. This right. is how He works with His people. But yeah. sometimes you're sometimes you're ready to recognize that is what I'm trying to say, and okay. sometimes you aren't. Okay. Um, and, yeah. And so um, sometimes we see it. Sometimes, sometimes we, we see it, and sometimes we don't. And and in some moments, you can see God's faithfulness even in the midst of the storm. And at other times, maybe it's harder to see that. Right. Right. Um, I would totally agree with that. But, e- but even when, some biblical characters yeah, we talked yeah. about this morning. Maybe Solomon in the middle of the book of Ecclesiastes, he's not seeing it. No. By the end of it, he sees it. Yeah. You know. And maybe it's looking back for people that after something has happened and they've gotten through, then you can see. Um, when did Jonah see it? I'm just kidding. We love to talk about Jonah, Jonah, so we can't go there right now. We talked about Jonah this morning after you left. Oh, um, wow. Oh, poor I miss guy. Jonah. No, you just walked out on us and we oh, talked about Jonah. I had Jonah, to drive the so bus I know. to Nineveh. Uh, to Nineveh. <laughs> it was no, not Nineveh. I don't go to Nineveh. Um, it's, it's, no. Yeah, but just, you know, I think when you really are, are when your foundation is in Christ, and that really sets you up for for the true hope. And that's just what we want for everybody, of course, is to be uh, anchored in Christ so that they can have the true, confident expectation that that they're in God's hands. And he's so, going to work it however he works it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's working it for his will and, yeah, <laughs> and his good. Yeah, and he, right? He <laughs> um, says that. Yeah. Uh, in Romans 8 particularly. But to wrap it up and connect it with Advent... Um, you know, we can. We're going to emphasize a, a lyric of a song. Come and see what what God has done. Right. And in past tense, we can say that that look what He did. He sent His Son. He said He would send His Son. He did. And isn't that amazing? Come and see that. But as people of of faith in 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 the God we believe in, we can also say to our friends and family, "Come to Jesus. Come and see what He will do." Mm, he. Yeah. We can say some things confidently and humbly at the same time. Yeah. That if you put your trust in Jesus, I guarantee you, he will give you a wonderful life. That does not mean your life isn't going to have wind and rain and storms. But I guarantee he will do something amazing in your life and and we'll all be better for it. We better wrap up. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our hilltop.